Hello, and welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about brain science, technology, and the interactions between the two and how uh, human behavior shapes all of our lives. With me, as always, is Dr. Susan Weinshank. Hello. Hello. And I am Guthrie Weinshank. So, what are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about stories. Yeah. Um, so, normally, we release a podcast uh, once every week. Or at least that's our plan. But we've had, um, I guess, such a groundswell of uh, support and and, uh, uh, interest in the podcast that we wanted to do another one quick um, to get to get one out to uh, to everyone um, as soon as we could. uh, So people could have a kind of a taste of what this is going to be. Our our last podcast was a bit more on the technology side. Uh, which is more kind of my thing. And I wanted to do one that would be a little more in Susan's ballpark. You're saying I, I'm not a technology person. No, right? you are. You are. But you but you certainly are much more of a brain science person than I am. That's true. Yeah. So, stories. Stories. So, I'm, I, I, you know, I was in uh, Brussels a couple weeks ago. Remember that? Uh, I do remember you in Brussels. So when I was coming back from Brussels, I was on a flight that was going to go from Brussels to Washington, D.C. Okay. And the flight had just started. You know, that's a long flight. That's like an eight-hour flight. Yeah, 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 yeah. It had just started. We were about 20 minutes in. I had just gotten into my Wi-Fi. And all of a sudden, uh, the plane just like you could feel that it just dropped. You know, Uh, like we did a big decrease in altitude all of a sudden. That's not good. It it, it it's not good. And then the seatbelt light went on, <laughs> and then the pilot came on and said, um, "The seatbelt light is on. Everyone, please take your seat and put your seatbelt on." And then, like thirty seconds later, the pilot came on and said, "Corey, Corey, uh, uh, please uh, pick up on the intercom." Uh, wait, 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 but you have to do it in. Corey, Corey, uh, please pick up on the intercom, please. Corey, attention, this is the pilot. <laughs> kind of like that yeah. yeah exactly exactly and then uh you know at this point like we start looking at each other you know the strangers on the plane right and all and all this time the the plane is rapidly plane is still kind of dropping yeah yeah rapidly so then, descending on a yeah. spiral of flames <laughs> no no did no. you still have did you still have wings on the plane as far as i knew okay so then about you know another 30 seconds goes by and then um, there was another announcement, something like, Cor- I guess it was Corey, yeah. got on and said, sure. uh, uh, all flight attendants, uh, uh, all call, all call. I mean, I don't even know what that means, all call. But that's she kept saying that over and over. And uh, then the good. pilot comes on again and says, you know, flight attendants, take your seat uh, with your seatbelts. Do not get up. You know, and at this point, we're like, okay, what? <laughs> Uh, I, I had just gotten into Wi-Fi. I was thinking about, you know, like sending you an email if I could, you know, before they, oh. before we crash. Oh, you know? yeah. You know, Telling you where, where to find the, uh, the passwords for, you know, <laughs> bank accounts or something. Oh, so then the pilot comes did, on. Did people, people seem pretty nervous? You know, it's really weird in situations like that. People get, um, they get goofy. You know, they kind of like yeah, are they, they laughing. Don't, they don't like, really know how to. They don't know what to how do. To deal with because it's because it's like it's completely out of their power and control. And you do really, and you don't know. You know, yeah. you don't know if there's a real problem or not. 
then the pilot came on and he said, um, uh, we have a problem with our pressurization system. We are making an emergency landing in London in approximately seven minutes. Please stow all your belongings. And would you see? And I'm like, seven minutes, right? I mean, we were like, right, we happened to be right over London or near, very near London. So we made an emergency landing and, you know, we were, we were all fine. But um, I was just glad that it happened, you know, not over the ocean. <laughs> right, right. Because the next stop is Reykjavik. Or something. I don't know. Yeah. So that's, uh, that was, you know, kind of exciting. And it delayed my trip by hours and all of that. But <laughs> everything worked out okay. Okay. So, um, are you wondering why I... Yeah. Why, why did you tell me the story about Brussels? Because I wanted to tell you a story. Oh, I get it. Oh, because the podcast is is about, about stories. Because I wanted to talk to you about what was likely going on in your brain and actually the brains of everyone listening in here. So while I was telling the story, we are communicating to the audience at a higher plane of something. Oh, was that a pun? <laughs> I, so here's what we know. Here's about the brain science of stories, which I find to be just like fascinating. Laugh. You know? Yes. So, Tell me all about the brain science of stories. Here's what we know. We know that when I was telling that story, if you had me hooked up to an fMRI machine, functional magnetic resonance imaging machine, and you could look at my brain activity, you would have seen that there were certain parts of my brain that were active while I was telling the story. Okay. And interestingly, if we could hook you and all our listeners up to an fMRI machine and look at their brain activity while they were listening, the two patterns would sync up. Oh. So that's one interesting thing okay. is that when you, when you hear a story, uh, you show the same brain pattern of the person telling the story, mm. which means you're, really, you're connected in a, in a deeper way. For mm. instance, if I had written that story down on a piece of paper and you were reading the story it might not be the same level of syncing. The audio part is really important. Very interesting. Now the other interesting thing about brain activity and stories is that uh, we know that the brain really kind of can't tell the difference between an experience it is having in real time and an experience that of the of the hero in the story so when you know when I was in when that was happening to me and uh, you know I uh, there would be some stress there would be some anxiety there would be relief right as I went through the different parts of the story um, there might be the you know feeling that pressure you know go down or feeling the altitude the change in altitude um, when I was experiencing that, that would you're, you'd be kind of having a similar experience. Like really? you, your brain would be firing as though it was anxious, as though it had felt a drop in altitude. Huh. Yeah. So, um, what we know about cool. yeah, what we know about people is that. Uh, stories are the natural way the brain processes information, and they're really powerful. So it means that when you hear a story, you have this, it's a rich experience. I mean, you have an experience rather than when you just, you know, get facts and figures about something. If it's in a story format, 
it's a it's a deep richer experience that you're having so it's a better way to communicate with people hmm. than just facts and figures that's so, pretty cool yeah so that's one thing i love about stories okay yeah that they're awesome and that it, they transcend space and time and we can connect humans in ways that were not possible so pretty minor stuff yeah not important at all yeah exactly I mean, stories are so <laughs> normal and natural that I think people don't, don't, you know, it's like they don't even realize it. It's yeah. like breathing. It's like I, breathing air. I, I saw a, I don't know where I saw it. And I, and I can't cite it and I can't even remember the exact numbers. So don't, don't quote me. But I read an article about um, uh, the percent of human, they, they broke down all of different types of human interaction. And they broke it down into like the percentages, like a pie chart. And mm. um, I think the majority of all interactions humans have between each other on a normal day is actually telling stories. Okay, I I, I know that data. Oh, okay. I can give I, it's you the possible. Exact, it's possible. I, give, I completely saw it from something that you probably got it from me. Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, this all is right, a topic wanna, we talk a lot about. You, you want to know what it is? Yeah, sure. It's 65%. 65%. There you go. 65% of all conversations are stories. This is according to Robin Dunbar, um, a professor in the UK mm. who st studies this stuff. I'm glad my brain remembers such useless information. Well, if he'd put it in a story. Oh, then I would have remembered it? Yeah. Okay. So if we're going to talk about research, though, the next piece of research I want to talk about is about um, Paul Zak's research on the structure of stories. What makes, what ma and how that relates to the brain. Okay. So um, before I talk about Paul Zak and his research on the structure of stories, so I gotta go, I gotta talk about Gustav Freytag. Gustav Freytag. Which I might not be pronouncing correctly. Um, he, was uh, a researcher in the 1880s, hmm. which is um, definitely before my time <laughs> and before your time. Yes, definitely before my time. And he, he, his question was, you know, we have these stories, you know, there's lots of stories, right? The world's full of stories. And some stories are like really good and, and they really resonate with a lot of people and they last. Yeah, uh, if you look huh. at yeah, so you got all kinds of stories, uh, the, the classic Shakespeare stories. Yeah, uh, they you know Hamlet. Uh, sorry, Macbeth. They made a Macbeth movie literally this last year. And then you got like Greek tragedies, mm -hmm. you know, just all kinds of stories. So he Achilles. analyzed all these. He analyzed stories going all the way back and then up to what was his current time in the 1880s, and he talked about what he called the dramatic story arc. Okay. Is that, is that the same arc as Noah's arc or is that a different arc? Different arc. Okay. So he talked it's a about story the pun. Oh, is it like oh a... it is. Yeah. yeah. Terrible stories. Okay. So he talked about the fact that <laughs> Apparently stories... be a punny podcast for me. Oh gosh. Yeah. Stories that are um, powerful have five components. Okay. okay. They all start, a powerful story starts with what he called exposition. That's like setting the scene. That's like me saying, um, 
Do you remember when I made that trip to Brussels a couple weeks ago? Well, I was on it. You know, I remember a story, and I don't know where I heard it, about this trip from Brussels where there was this airplane. Right. And, and that's, <laughs> that's the exposition. That's okay. setting the scene. So that's the first thing. So all good stories set the scene. Okay. And then the next Dark thing they do. Dark and stormy night. Yes. And then the next thing they do is they have rising action is what he called it. That So so there's a, um, you have either a protagonist or an antagonist. So that would be protagonist is the good guy, antagonist is the bad guy. So you have one of the two and there's tension. There's a, there's uh, a, a growing conflict. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and that in our, in my story, that would be the, um, you know, the messages that start coming out. You know, yes, yeah, cryptic things. messages about right. plane crashes. Right. So, and so that's the second thing, rising action. Then when you, you get to this point of uh, the kind of the top of the arc. Which would be when the pilot says, good luck, everyone, and jumps on the plane with a, yeah. with a parachute. <laughs> and did not happen. Oh, You're okay. misremembering the story. <laughs> so the top of the arc is the climax, you know, when you have the the kind of uh, make or break moment right. in the story. Mm -hmm. That's the third. Then the fourth piece is falling action where things start now to resolve themselves. Mm -hmm. And then the last um, part would, is called denouement, which is a French word that means resolution. So what he said was that when stories have these five pieces, exposition, rising action, climax, falling action, denouement, then they're more likely to be these great stories. Mm. Now, Paul Zak, remember I mentioned Paul Zak? Yes. He wrote the book, The Moral Molecule, and um, he studies uh, brain chemicals and behavior. He especially studies um, a lot, uh, a chemical called oxytocin. But he wanted to know, you know, he knew about um, this dramatic story arc, and he wanted his, he was curious about whether you could see uh, or, or get a sense of what was going on in the brain during these five pieces of a good story. Okay. So he actually brought people into a lab and would show them and tell them stories. And he would draw blood multiple times during the story. And isn't that nice? <laughs> great, great research, volunteer today. And uh, he would um, also, you know, he had them heck hooked up to to measure their respiration sure, like the like the polygraph right Where you got the the yeah. finger what, yeah what's so the what's the what's it gal, called galvin, galvin skin response yes okay galvin. thank you so here's what he found okay he found that when um there was that rising action part when things started happening the brain would release cortisol now cortisol is the chemical that's released when you're like you know, there's tension, you're getting ready for fight or flight, you know, you're like, you're getting ready. Hmm. And the brain would actually release that as though, again, you know, the, the, the person, you know, the brain was in, it's like the brain saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, something's happening, we better get ready, right? Hmm. Like it was really happening to that, sure. that person. And then when they got to the, to the um, climax point, the turning point, if it was a protagonist, and, you know, someone that they identified with, a good guy, um, and, and here's the good guy in the, you know, right at that climax point, then the brain would release oxytocin, which is the chemical 
that causes us to bond, causes us to feel empathy. So I have a question for you. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that this is um, some sort of, do, th do you think there's a, an evolutionary advantage to this? Right. So is, 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 is this our telling of stories almost a byproduct of when we developed language? So the, the, the thing is, right, you're on the savanna and the, um, you know, the, the, the person comes over to you and tells everyone um, there, there is a, like a, maybe that's not the savanna, but there's a pack of wolves coming. Right. Yeah. Like, or there's a stampede coming. Like we need to go, right? So you're, so you're, so when language was first developed, people kind of, it, it, you know, it made sense that when you heard the the warnings, your brain would start to process the warnings as if you saw them, and that would be yeah. an evolutionary sort That's of advantage. That's really interesting. I never thought of that, but yeah. Wow. Thank you. I, I again, uh, as as I'll say once, and I'll probably say multiple times on the podcast. Um, to all our listeners, if you'd like all kinds of brilliant insights, like like the one you just heard, contact us. Info <laughs> at teamw.com. For hire. Right. You know, I didn't finish about the brain chemicals. I'm very sorry. But that, but, but well, but that was... No, but that's a really interesting idea. And I think you might be right. I, I That certainly makes sense. So that, mm. you know, that language... Um, I mean, when, when humans developed language, it, it had you know, multiple purposes, right? But definitely, you know, survival, right? It would yeah. help you survive. I mean, and people have been telling stories for long. as long as language has been around, as long essentially. As language has been around, yep. All right, so the last chemical that Paul Zak found yeah. was that at the end, during denouement, resolution, mm -hmm. if it was a happy ending, mm -hmm. then people were releasing dopamine. Very interesting. So... I just find it really interesting that, uh, you know, that stories have this effect on our brain. Um, now, the other thing we can talk about with stories is we can talk about um, what Joseph Campbell came up with, which is seven archetypal story plots. Yeah, I do want to talk about this. So if you want to have a good story. Uh, right. Oh, by the way, we're, we're taking a small detour into Literature 103. <laughs> so uh, if you're an English major out there, I'm sure well, I will say things that are incorrect. Or they could skip this part. I was an econ major. Please don't skip anything uh, oh, okay. that we have. And subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> iTunes and all you of your tell things. a story about that. All right. So I'm trying. Uh, we know now that if you use the dramatic story arc, that'll make a better story. Okay. It'll release chemicals in the brain. But Joseph Campbell, now he he um, was writing in, he wrote a book in 1949, also before your time and my time. It, it is interesting that out of all, you know, there's been so much, so much research that's been happening lately um, in the field of technology and brain science, um, and especially about different chemicals in the brain, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's very interesting that there's a lot of um, stuff that from like the 50s on, once kind of behavioral um, psychology kind of became a thing. Yeah. Um, but especially with technology, there's not a lot of research that's la that that's really lasted um, that long. 
but it seems like with stories, because they're so consistent to the human experience, um, you know, research that was done in the 40s or in the 1880s, it, it still holds true today. Yeah, well, you know. I find that fascinating. And, and I, my feeling is, though, that there was this big section of time where we ignored stories. I, I mean, I think from about, I would say from, well, okay. Who, so, who's we and what does it mean to ignore? Okay. I guess I mean psychologists and brain scientists. Okay. Um, you know, if you're talking about the research, like hard research. Okay, right? academia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because if you look at a topic, if you think about um, language, if you think about reading, if you think about vision, if you think about hearing, if you, you know, all the things that a psychologist or a behavioral scientist might study, mm-hmm. you know, there's been like, uh, or learning or decision making, right? <laughs> there's been like this constant. Peripheral vision, which we everything. will talk about in another we'll podcast about. coming all the all these things we're going to talk about. Yeah, we got a podcast for each one of these. Well, for all of these things, there's like, you know, there's been a, a this growth of research decade after decade. You know, we knew a little bit in the 1940s, mm-hmm. and then we knew some more in the 50s, Pavlov, dogs, some more in the 60s, and, and some more in the 70s, and the 80s, and the 90s, right? And the fMRI machines. Yeah. Not true with stories. <laughs> stories, I think. You know, like Joseph Campbell wrote this book in 1949, and and I don't know that anything happened with it. But. <laughs> I'm glad he's finally getting his day in the sun. And then, like in the, I should look up when this was. I'm gonna say in the 1970s or 80s. Okay. Um. It he kind of came back into into vogue or came into his own. Because his book and his ideas about these seven archetypal story plots uh, were featured on um, uh, public television, a series with Bill Moyers. He did a whole series of conversations that were very popular. So that kind of came back around maybe in that time frame, but otherwise, and, and, you know, that's like, you know, he's not doing hard brain science research. He's... He's, 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 it's observational. He's analyzing yeah. the, the types of stories that have been successful over time and putting them in categories. And then, like, nothing <laughs> <laughs> for decades. <laughs> you know, it's only like, like um, Timothy Wilson that I want to talk about in a little bit because yeah. he's done um, research on self-stories, which is fascinating research. Um, so I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Um, he, you know, started his work on that, like maybe like three, four years ago, five years ago. Okay. And then it's really, you know, Paul Zak's work that we just talked about is very recent. So I feel like there was this big amount of time where, you know, if you, you know, like the only people that were talking about stories were the branding and marketing people who were like, yeah, parents. and they've always, I mean, they, and they've always, they've been always talking so they've stories. been a step ahead of, of you know, right? They know else. that that when people purchase things, it's emotional and what drives emotion, storytelling. Yeah, they've made that they made that link. But the research for has taken a while, and hmm. it's like finally there's research. Hmm. All right. Anyway, let's go back to. Uh, can we go back to Joseph Campbell? Yeah, go ahead. The Hero with a Thousand Faces. So he wrote this book and he was interviewed. The, the, the book title again? The, the Hero with a Thousand Faces. There you go. 
And he talks about the seven archetypal story plots. So if you, again, you want a story to be successful, you should use one of these seven plots. All right, so hit, hit me with seven. All right, you ready? If you got them, yeah, okay. I got them. All right, number one, okay, and this right. is not in any particular order, but number one is overcoming a monster. All right, yeah, so you got, you got uh, Hercules overcoming lots of monsters. Yeah, so the protagonist has to defeat an antagonist, a monster, who was threatening the protagonist's homeland. Now, now it can be, of course, that these are these these can be fluid, right? So the monster could be a like a mob boss, and the homeland would be. Oh like yeah, the monster can be the guy's literally family. a monster. It can be an alien. It can be a mean person. It can be anything. Sure. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna come back to that one because there's a special. That type seems of like that. a very popular one. Yeah, I want to come back to that, but let's go through the other ones. Okay. Number two is rags to riches. Yes, very easy. So the protagonist is poor, suddenly becomes wealthy with though it's not it could be money, but it could be power or mate or something like that. And then in in the way he described this one, the protagonist loses everything. Okay but then grows as a person and gets all the important things back. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that your romantic comedy? Could or is, be. Or is that a different one? Uh, or is this, or this, this is more like, um, this is more like, a, like the self-discovery journey? This is like... Um, like... Uh, yeah, but it's a self-discovery journey, though, that has to do with... with but it's, it's the back and forth. I'm poor, then I become wealthy... Then I lose it, but then I grow. Oh yeah, but then I realize that money is not actually all that. It's family and then is what's I, important. And then I get the money back after I realize that. You know? Ah, okay. Okay, so uh, an example I, I have written down about that one is Cinderella. Oh sure, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, number three, the quest. Ah, okay. The protagonist and friends set out to get something important, and they face lots of challenges along mm -hmm. the way. And eventually they triumph. Okay. Um, example I use for that one is The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Right? Oh, right. well, okay, I don't want to give spoilers about The Lord of the Rings. Okay. Number four. Even though it's been out for 85 years. Voyage and Return. Okay. The protagonist goes to a foreign place, makes it through many dangerous things that happen, comes back without anything of value except... A personal transformation. So this would be Forrest Gump. I guess, yeah. And uh, I, I wrote down Chronicles of Narnia. Chocolates. Sorry, what? I wrote down Chronicles of Narnia. Were you doing a Forrest Gump in, impersonation? I did. Yes. Okay, I'm glad we didn't really get to hear it. Uh, yeah, I mumbled it because I didn't want to go like I didn't want to hit it too hard in case it was really bad. But also, if I did a good job, it would be loud enough that people could like hear it and think it was funny. All right, so, we're, gonna, we're gonna move on. Yeah. Uh, number five <laughs> is uh, comedy. All right, sure. So the protagonist is somewhat of a fool and gets into embarrassing situations and near disasters, but in the end. Um, triumphs over all the adversities and finds happiness. Aww. sure. And then there's there's pick uh, pick any kind of dumb comedy. Any kind of dumb comedy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, tragedy is number six. Mm. There may be a protagonist or an antagonist. Um, he or she ends up with a tragic ending or a death. Basically, uh, just Shakespeare. 
he or she may learn from the troubles encountered along the way, but not enough to be redeemed in this life. Oh, it's so depressing. <laughs> That's why it's a tragedy. Yeah. Um, I, my personal favorite would be Macbeth. Yeah. Uh, that's not, not yeah, dark. yeah it's just yeah. it's not just, really just dark Doesn't um well. just all ends up in just Everybody disaster dies. all right number seven spoiler is, alert his last one is rebirth hmm. instead of a protagonist there's an antagonist there's a bad guy he or she learns and is redeemed by the end of the story hologram stole christmas yes uh beauty and the beast Okay. All right. So I want to go back, though, to the number one. The Overcoming a Monster. Yeah. Because there's a special version of that that uh, is really important. Um, so uh, here's another little story. Um, when Joseph Campbell was on the Bill Moyer show and, you know, this became popular, there was a person, a young person. I don't know how old he was at the time. He was young. Before, he was kind of just starting his career. And he saw that show and he read that book. And he decided to... He was like, yeah, this is a great idea. Yeah. And so he took the idea, especially of this next one we're going to talk about. So a sub one of one, Overcoming a Monster is the hero's story. Oh. And What's the hero the, story? The hero story has eight parts. You ready? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and there'll be a test after. Uh, by the way, for our podcast listeners, um, yes. you can write your questions on a piece of paper and submit them to info at the or just you leave the answers in an iTunes <laughs> review. We'll grade them and we'll have them back uh, before the end of the semester. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Number one. <laughs> Yeah. The, the hero story. Yeah. First thing that happens. The hero is living in his ordinary world. Doing his thing. Like, doing his thing. But then he receives a message. Oh. That calls him to adventure. Oh. And, and a higher purpose. Well, that sounds extremely exciting. Very um, exciting. <coughs> you're a wizard, Harry. <coughs> right. Sorry. <laughs> Number two. He's often reluctant to go on the adventure. Yeah, Harry didn't really like his stepparents, yeah. so maybe not. Maybe not. Number three, he has an encounter with someone wise who encourages him to take the first step. Okay. Number four, he faces some kind of test. Sure. Number five, he encounters helpers. Yeah, okay, yeah, gang, gang of buddies. Number six, he has to undergo a harrowing ordeal. This is starting to sound like every single action movie, sci-fi movie, like, ever made. And that's not uh, accidental. Hmm. Number seven, he is successful and brings back some kind of treasure, which might be an f- actual treasure or might be a me- metaphorical treasure. Um, knowledge, understanding. Peace, oh, is safety? Is safety a treasure? Safety be a treasure yeah because yep. i because i was thinking about like every single like superhero movie that's come out in the last couple yep. of years like the avengers and iron man where the treasure at the end for the most part is like new york is not of like a burning pile of of like that, ruin that and number eight the last one is he is transformed and he brings the treasure to the rest of the world okay 
So the young man who heard about the hero's story from Joseph Campbell, do you know who it was? No. Enlighten me. George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, and, that makes a lot of sense. what story did we just describe? Right. You got Star Wars, Star Indiana Wars. Jones. Yeah. Sure, sure. That makes a lot of sense. You know, um, before, uh, a- after George Lucas made all these movies and became famous and wealthy and entertained us all immensely, um, he met Joseph Campbell in person before Joseph Campbell died. So, just, just be like... Thank, thanks for the billions. It would be an interesting conversation. Yeah. So here's an interesting um, sidebar to George Lucas. I, I live in Chicago, and um, it's currently up in the air, but George Lucas wanted to build a uh, storytelling museum in Chicago. Really? Yeah. Now, the museum would essentially just be art. It would be an art museum with a bunch of, like, Star Wars memorabilia. Why is it a storytelling museum? Well, that was the whole thing, is that is that... that from the outside, it's just an art museum. But from a from the 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 I guess the approach would be all about telling stories, the art of stories and stories oh, and culture. And is this gonna happen? Okay, so it was all signed and delivered. It was gonna it was yeah. gonna happen in the parking lot of the Chicago Bears, uh, the Soldier Field Stadium parking lot. It was gonna where they were gonna put that right on like a drive by the lake. Um, yeah. It was like all ready to go, yeah. and then uh, there was some problem, and the city's like, I don't know, and then he's like, Well, we'll just move it. But then I, so I, I'd have to look it up. It like I'm ninety percent sure that it'll happen still, um, because the city of Chicago is not dumb and wants Lucas to spend a billion dollars to build a beautiful museum right in the middle of everything. I'll, I'll go. That would be an interesting... Yeah, so Story Museum. So this is very, very relevant. That would be really exciting. We're going to have to find out where that's at. And again, um, I've, uh, I I really hope that they have all the... Um, what I would like to see is an exhibit of uh, potential names for sequels for adventure stories. Yeah. Um, so again, right, you have like the story strikes back, the story goes west, <laughs> return of the story, the story to... Um, yeah, that that kind of stuff. Um, Toys, story, story. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track. So, um, yeah, so if you want to have a popular story, if you want to grab attention, if you want to get people to really listen, to remember what you're telling them, if you want them, to, if you want to get an emotional response out of them, yeah, if you want them to like your product, um, if you want them to feel that your product or service or technology or software or app or website is relevant to them, uh, you want to use stories. You know, and that can be video, that can be um, audio. You know, we know that audio is very powerful because of that brain syncing thing. Uh, so, video, audio. You, you know, you can just you can tell a story in text, but it's not as powerful. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, I want to talk a bit, um, more kind of at the end about self stories. Yeah. Um, and I want to, I, I, this, it ties into self stories, but we're not going to get there quite yet. Um, and, and for those listening, we're going to mention self stories, but we don't have time in this podcast to do it. So we're going to do a whole nother podcast on self stories. 
because self stories are a great way to understand um, us versus them and why we have countries and why uh, we have all kind you know like 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 racism like there's all kinds of very interesting metaphysical ways we can go um, with self stories so that's a whole another podcast um, but I just wanted to talk a little uh, kind of bring it up because um, in most of the major cultural institutions uh, in the Western world, at least, there are these cl- traditional classi- like classical story types that weave into the narrative that is made for all these institutions. So I'm going to give a couple of quick examples. The first is look at technology. Like every single way we interact with technology is framed in the way of a story. So, um, uh, for example, you got uh, back, you know, when you, what technology company do you like to associate with? Um, you know, back in the in the you know '80s and '90s and even 2000s, you know, Apple was like we're the underdogs, right? We're going, we're trying to defeat the monster that is IBM or is HP um, or is Microsoft, and uh, you know, you you cheer for us. You know, because this is the quest that we're going on to, to defeat mm. this monster. Mm. And, uh, uh, you know, often um, another thing we, we, we've talked about before is the, the idea that when when companies want to market to someone, and not even marketing, even whether they do it consciously or subconsciously is kind of irrelevant. But when, when, when people, how people view different technology companies, um, the way it's framed is... You're going on a quest, right? You you need to conquer this challenge, whatever it is, and you're and the technology is like your tribe. The the company that you're using is 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 the tribe that you call on, right? So I need to make a you know I'm starting my own business or I'm um you know I just I'm getting a new computer to do this thing, whatever it is, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna go on this quest. I have to defeat this monster. Who who's gonna be my ally? Who am I calling on to go to war with? Right? So if you're an Apple person, you call on Apple. And if you're a Google person, you call on Google. Um, but, it's all, but it's all part of this, like, just the story arc, um, you know, where, where they're, 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 not, they're not the story. You're the story. You're the hero. Um, but, but you're using the technology as is one of the, the friends that, exactly. that is taking you, that you take along, right? I'm thinking about some of the... Uh, you know, Google has a, a whole bunch of videos on YouTube. They're like two to three minutes long, and they ha- they're all stories about about people who were facing a monster or <laughs> or going on a quest, or, right? And yeah, do a good job with that. And they, uh, you know, the the something about either the like there's one about um, there's an old man in India and his granddaughter, and he he's always telling stories about his best friend that. He lost touch with, and so the granddaughter uses Google search to find this guy. You know that they they haven't seen each other in like decades. <laughs> um, or there's one about um, a big flood that happened. Um, and this this one's a true story. That I, I actually that other one might have been a true story too. Uh, but there there was a big flood in Australia a couple of years ago, and um, the rescuers used um, uh, Google Maps in order because they couldn't see the the roads because everything right. is flooded but google maps would show them a straight line to go to so yeah they have these and they're great they're really well done you know and they 
they have a dramatic story arc, you know. Uh, and I, I know there's a, on the national one, um, like for, for, for those of you listening who may not have seen, these are most of those were kind of longer form for like on YouTube um, kind of stuff. Uh, but definitely for like national commercials that they've done. Um, there's the one where like there's the two parents, they meet, and it's like the story where it's like like what to say in a first date is like they, they type the different things in the Google and then they have uh, in the Google search, oh, yeah, search yeah. bar. And then it's like, you know, like how to change a diaper, right? It's all kind of cute. So, yeah, it's uh, it's powerful. It 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 works. So one thing, um, another thing I wanted to bring up was, um, I I remember uh, that. So 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 let's talk a little more about the marketing side specifically. Yeah. Um, that you know, because we're we're kind of talking about ideas, but uh, people who do ads and do marketing definitely understand all of this. And I remember, um, and, and I'm sure our, our audience does too, not this year, which is 2016, but last year, 2015, for the Super Bowl, um, uh, like every single ad was just tug on the heartstrings, like sad and epic. Like that that was what was in vogue this so year. So were they all like... It was uh, like a pendulum that swings back. Well, they weren't tragedies. No, no, no. They, were, they, they had, weren't tragedies. They had happy endings where the dopamine could be released. Oh, yeah. But they were just, um, you know, they were just so, so just like, you know, there's like a, the two people find each other. Uh, the, the, the dog is lost in the storm and, you know, making little whimpering dog noises. You know, the other interesting thing, though, about having a happy ending yes, and having a dopamine release, you know, people think about dopamine. We're gonna, And actually, we're going to have an episode of our podcast where we talk about dopamine. Cool. We got a big list of these episodes. We have a really big list. That's good. It'll keep us busy. But um, one of the things that's kind of mis- some often misunderstood about dopamine is it's not just the feel-good chemical. Mm. Um, it actually, when dopamine is released, it makes you seek more information right so have you ever um like finished watching a movie and then you're like wanting to look up information about you know if it's it's, if it's a true story you want to go you know you're googling about the the characters in the movie or you know you want to go look up something about the movie or right i mean it's just it's like you're you You know what i actually found myself doing um, if there's a movie that I'm very much looking forward to, yeah, like a, when it starts, yeah, I want to go like do a bunch of research about it. Like when I see my like my favorite character, yeah, I'm like, oh, what else was he in? Well, I will tell you then. Even though this isn't the episode on dopamine, I will mention <laughs> that the other thing dopamine does besides make us seek is uh, it's it has to do with anticipation. Hmm. So we'll come we'll come back to that in another episode. But um, all right. So do we, we, we have? We were, some... tie, we were, tie, we were tying tying in story yeah. uh, stories with uplifting music and dogs um, oh, finding yeah. horses horse friends and yeah, um, with with uh, with dopamine. So so my theory though, because they don't do that every year, and so my theory is that it it was it was too much. Um, like every commercial, which is so just like touching. And people just couldn't handle all the feels uh, all you the know, time. I, I, and so then I, they like would tune out. 
So I wonder if whoever. Well, the thing is, though, that they don't. I mean, these different companies don't get together and say, "Hey, this year, let's use a story arc." No, no, but it's like, but it's you know, they they see they see what's kind of in the pipeline, and they kind of see what's what's working. They try to imitate. Yeah, I I that would be uh, interesting to know uh, how much they know about the research. I'm sure they know about some of the research. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure the big ones for the for like the major Super Bowl commercials. But I know like for this year's Super Bowl, there's a little bit of that, but there was a lot more kind of like funny stuff, more engaging commercials um, that, that were just not, not necessarily as, the pulling on the heartstrings. Pull on your heartstrings. Yeah, babies and people finding yeah. each other. and Babies and dogs. Dogs and, and yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's, by the way, for those of you who want to sell anything, babies and, babies dogs, and dogs, that's, if, if there's anything you want to take away from this. Or sometimes cats. Cats, yes, cats as well. Um, pet, pets in general. Pets in general, yeah. Um, All right, do we have uh, time to talk a little bit about self stories? Yes, man, we did not cover nearly all the things we sh- we should have talked about in stories, but the time just goes so fast. It does, but we 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 can come back to it and do more. Okay. But I, before we end this one, though, I do want to talk a little bit about self stories because that is such a fascinating angle, and we're talking about brain research and. Um, behavior. So it turns out that the best way to get someone to change their behavior um, and and get that behavior change to stick is by getting them to change one of their self stories. Okay. So we we all have stories that, and we'll go into this in a lot of detail later in another episode, but we all have stories that we tell ourselves about who we are and why we do what we do. And most of this, by the way, is unconscious. You know, we're not necessarily aware of it. But those self-stories that are operating really affect our behavior. Hmm. Um, so if you can change someone's self-story, you can change their behavior or if you can change your own self story you can change your own behavior and do you know um you know how long it takes to change a self story how, how long for you know because this is a change that might last the rest of your life how right. long you know it, you'd think it would take like you know like days or weeks mm-hmm. half an hour max <laughs> well not necessarily but you could do it in half an hour if you do it right yeah. So there's research about this. The, the guy who's done this research on self-stories is Timothy Wilson. He's, he's just an amazing um, behavior science psychologist researcher. Um, I, I love all of his books. Uh, he wrote a book called um, Strangers to Ourselves, The Adaptive Unconscious, which is, I know we're going to talk about that book. <laughs> but he also wrote... Um, the, a book called Redirect, which is the one about self-stories. So okay. uh, it's just, just, I think, fascinating stuff. So we will, we will come back to that. But again, just to point out how really, really important stories are in, in our lives in ways we may not even realize. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's something, it's just so primal. Um, and I... You know, I just think back to those traditional story arcs, that this the seven um, story types yeah. that, that we're defined, that we use. I mean, 
if you get rid of all the modern stuff and the superhero stuff and basically all like all of those exist like when we're living in caves you know like we're there we're scared we have to go somewhere else there are things trying to attack us and eat us yeah um, there are the the internal kind of struggles that 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 we kind of that hang out you know like all that stuff can happen um from at a very kind of primitive level um so i find that very fascinating so you're saying that it, these are not like um this is not just archetypal story plots from modern living well so that that, that is a question um that i did have right so there's and I, i've asked you this before but um we've we talked about it a little bit um before but the, the question was in this research right there's is there anything that transcends culture or is this very much a um judo christian western linear time view of everything so you know because because here in the western world um especially the christian western world which is based, which is the Western world, right? We we've been influenced from the uh, the Greek storytelling, uh, obviously the Bible, and you know that that's their tradition, and that's how we've kind of identified with stories. Um, and so I, you know, I'm curious in, if if these same seven types hold true in other cultures, and I I have a sneaky suspicion that they do, but I'm, I'm wondering if you have thoughts. Well, you know, it's it's an interesting question. Um, and I, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of research on it. I'd like to maybe check out the research on it. Um, I think that some of the, you know, when we were going through the seven archetypal story plots, we were giving examples like, you know, Cinderella or Star Wars. And I, I think, um, the, the way that each of those story plots, the specifics of them, might be culturally related, but I, you know, you could tell you could tell the story of overcoming a monster in a in a you know a Western way versus a right. What's uh, the monster? What's the what hero? What's the what happens? Yeah. yeah what's what, the tragedy? What is a tra You know, what does tragedy <laughs> mean? Right. Right. What, right. Is, what is a um, challenge? You know, and so maybe just people living in one part of the world. Uh, what's a challenge is different than people living in another part of the world. But, but challenges I, are universal. But challenges are universal. And I think, you know, and monsters are universal. I mean, when you Allies think are universal. Allies are universal. When you think about, I mean, like, um, you know, Bollywood, right, in India is, I mean, these are, these archetypal story plots mm. Bollywood. Um, I think they're in some of the, you know, old, old, uh, uh, Chinese stories. I mean, I think that I, uh, I think they're in, you know, if you just look at the, just look at the sacred test texts around the world, you yeah. know, uh, the religious texts, you'll find all these. Yeah. Stories. Right. The parables, the stories, they all kind of, I mean, you know, in, in whatever religion it is, they've got right. stories that are, that are like this. So I'm sure there are some differences, but I think this is, probably um pretty universal and that and that makes sense to me because um and you can correct me if i'm incorrect which by the way uh, i often am so this is this should be no surprise to anyone but um you know because because language there are there are universal truths about language um in the way that uh 
that we evolved to use language and the way that we we, we use um, words. Um, so it would it would make sense that um, that kind of commonality and the way our brain processes words and the way brain processes stories uh, is rather consistent because it is part of you know it's consistent in our brain brain topography is that is that the is that a correct phrase mm. no but yeah i would watch out for that one <laughs> okay uh but the, the, the location which things happen in the brain and the way things are related is this, yeah does that make any sense whatsoever no not really okay that's why i'm the brain scientist <sighs> i tried no, no, but I, I think I understand what you're saying. I can tell and you certainly, how Linux server works. <laughs> and I think this goes back, though, to what you said about, you know, the primal parts. So, you know, you know these archetypal story plots really, you know, evolution, we've talked about, we've mentioned this, I think, in, in the first episode of the podcast, you know, evolution um, is slow. Yeah. And, uh, so even though we've evolved different languages and different cultures, right, and, mm -hmm. and different stories, it's kind of all based on that similar, uh, you know, um, surviving, uh, finding meaning in the world, you know? And these, these are just things that are, all of our brains do. Yeah. You know, regardless of culture you're in. So like I said, I'm sure there are cultural differences um, and, and, and it would be interesting to study that, but my guess is it's pretty universal. So I have some homework for our audience and this oh, is, this good. is not joking I thought you homework. Had homework for me. No, no, no. I, right, for the uh, audience. but this is, this is, this is real homework that everyone yeah. should try. What? So in the next week, yeah. um, you should, uh, take a step back and take a meta look at the stories that your friends are telling you. So when they're telling you the story about um, what happened at work, yeah, just just sit back and, and, and look at it. Does it fit into one of the story types? Does it have? How are they follow, phrasing it? Does it follow the dramatic story arc? What I mean, and it, and and what makes it a good story, right? If your friends are telling you a story you're not interested in, why not? Why not? And do the same for for movies. Next time you watch an action hero movie. Or any movie. Well, specifically action hero movies, because they're kind of all, well, anyways, uh, you know, yeah, any, any movie. Or a romantic comedy. Well, I know. I'm not. I like romantic comedies. I, there's nothing wrong. I mean, that's another, there's, I don't you're think there's go anything wrong the, with you're gonna go watch being the, in a standard. The super, superhero movie. I'm going to go watch it. <laughs> uh, I'm actually incredibly behind on movie watching. I'm about well, a year you, and a half to two years behind you right could now. Follow your own uh, homework. So it's so it's March 29th, okay. 2016. Yeah. I have not seen Star the new Star Wars. I have not yeah, seen uh, the second Captain America. I have not seen the second Avengers. I have not seen Batman versus Superman. Um, I am. Yeah. What you need to do behind. is um, do what I've been doing, which is these long flights to overseas, <laughs> because that's when you catch up on all your movies. All right, that's good homework. I like it. Yeah. I like think about, analyze, listen to a story. And you know what's interesting, of course, is that you will hear lots of stories if you talk to anyone, because that's the natural way we communicate. I am a babbler. 
I, I naturally just talk a lot and I talk all the time and I'm always babbling. Do you and tell stories? I tell so many stories. Everything, even if it's not a story, I turn it into a story because I, that's just how I like to talk and that's how I think and that's how I do everything. So, so uh, they're gonna, our, our listeners are going to listen to a story that someone tells them and they're going to see, does it follow the dramatic arc? Does it follow one of the story plots? And, uh, you know, was it a good story or not? That's fine. good. I like the that. stories are awesome. So, all right. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to wrap things up. I'm looking okay. forward to um, our Self Stories podcast, which will yeah. happen soon. Um, again, I hope I hope you guys liked this little uh, extra one that we did. Uh, hopefully, we'll be we'll be coming out with uh, one every you know every week or so. Um, but I don't think we're gonna have a set schedule as, as of yet. Uh, and again, hopefully, we'll have some uh, some fun guests coming on soon. We're finalizing that. I encourage everyone, if you haven't already, to um, subscribe to our podcast. Uh, you can do it through any of the podcast subscription services, including iTunes or Beyond. Uh, pod if you if you have an android device or any any of them um they should all work uh you can check out our podcast website at humantech.theteamw.com or just our normal website at theteamw.com if you have any questions um to us or if you have um great ideas for podcast topics feel free to in, uh, email us at info uh, at theteamw.com we're on all the social media networks uh, susan what's your what's your twitter handle again the brain lady the brain lady you can follow uh susan at the brain lady we're also you know on uh, uh, facebook uh, and youtube if you just search for the team w we're um, everywhere we are everywhere uh so with that um i hope you guys have a great week audience and we will probably talk to you soon uh susan thank thank you so much yeah talk soon and uh we'll talk to you later bye